Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime kitty co-hosts, Miss Purrington and Mookie. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, our festivals page listing upcoming festivals across the country and the world, and our 2023 FPIA contest page with final results for 2023. We're best known for our events page for live comedy shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW, where 100% of the entries you see come from comics and producers. If you want your show featured on the calendar, click the Submit a Show button at the top of the homepage or events page to complete the short survey. It's free and easy. Tag us on your Instagram stories and we'll share your show promo with our Instagram followers. Want to support these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Click the Support CW icon on our homepage on the top right to see the ways that you can help us. Now back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today we're talking to somebody who's originally from Massas Matt Oh, I cannot say that. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts. Uh, he moved to Portland for several years and then moved to Austin a mere two years ago. He has not, despite uh, the internet saying otherwise, open uh, opened for Phoebe Robinson, though he should. Uh, He won the second funniest person in Portland by Willamette Week, which I think is probably the equivalent to the Austin Chronicle. He'll fact check me in a moment. He's co-host along with Comedy Wham darling Colton Dowling of the Some of This is Bad podcast. And he thought he was having a great weekend when he featured for Bonnie McFarlane in September, mid-September, but by Sunday evening, Sunday, September the 10th of that very same weekend, he was crowned the winner of the 2023 Cap City Comedy Club Funniest Person in Austin contest. And as a way to celebrate, this is our 300th Comedy Wham Presents episode. And now, Comedy Wham presents our guest, Dylan Carlino. Hi, how are you? Hi, good. You? <laughs> You're so professional. I, I, if you, if anyone here from listens to my podcast, they'll be like, wow, that's a real podcast. Because my podcast starts every single week with me and Colton screaming. Like, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's Colton and that's you. Yeah. So, yeah, we're both you know, ex- yeah, yeah. yeah, it's insane. But like, even just like a couple of months ago, we were like, oh, we should probably start like plugging ourselves. <laughs> It's like, you have a full website. I'm like, okay. I'm sure Colton has not told you because he is so involved in so many things and yeah. he's so busy. But the reason we call him our comedy wham darling is he literally saved our asses during COVID because we wanted to give comics a way to perform. And so uh, our web genius, Richard, figured out a way to do online shows in a you know, with all the technology. I'm not a technology person. Yeah. And Colton was on board. He was our host. And we did these things from March until we wrapped them up by, by I think, late November, early December. And he was exhausted of it. We were exhausted of it. It's an online show. Everybody in retrospect hates those things. Yeah. But like he... And his connections, he was able to bring us like amazing comics. Oh yeah, I mean Colton is an innovator, yeah. like and is a hustler. Yes. Like I think of myself <laughs> as a hustler, uh-huh. but actually working with Colton, it's like, uh, like I'm like we're very different people in the sense that he's like, we gotta keep moving, and, and I'm very much, <laughs> <That sounds like laughs> and I'm very much like, well, I mean I could take a week off. Like, I, I would love a week off. I mean, it would be filled with like guilt and shame about taking the week off, but yeah, still, yeah. I'm like, ooh, I, I don't want to leave my apartment. <laughs> yeah, well, so you know, we we love Colton, and I, yeah. you know, I I have mentioned to you after you won the contest that I saw you at the creek with with Colton. I cannot remember what show it was. I think it, if you, for when it was, I think it was mine. Colton's like first live show together for some of this is bad probably then yeah Yeah. and i immediately when you said that i responded with that show was so bad (laughs) but 
I mean, I thought it was great. That's not true. Don't <laughs> lie to your face. Don't lie to the people who listen to you. Oh my God, you, you can tell I'm pushing, yeah, right? Well, because the, the first thing you said to me after I said it was bad, you go, well, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I go, I know. Well, me and Colton are, uh, especially on stage, we are both very um, domineering personalities yeah. on the stage. And so, so we thought, like, oh, we'd get on stage and be, like, incredible. But uh-huh. then we have to remember, like, we don't have a relationship on stage. We only, You know what I mean? So we're, we, it took us a while, but yeah. it's getting a lot better. Yeah. 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 Just come to the shows. <laughs> They're great now. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you know, you figured it out, and the whole dynamic stuff has, has been working yeah. out. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, Dylan, I have an official icebreaker question. Amazing. It is one word to describe your past. Oh, my God. One word to describe my past. This is so humiliating. Because <laughs> um, I, I think of myself so much like someone who's been on, on a journey. <laughs> I very much like... I, uh, um, Okay, it's three words, but it is okay. one word, which okay. is eat, pray, love. <laughs> I saw that coming up all it's, the time. It's, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's my problem is like, God forbid you tell anyone who's writing something about you in comedy, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden you're like, well, now they write this in every single thing. You're yeah. like, oh, I didn't realize they were going to use this bio. You know, it's humiliating. <laughs> but yeah, eat, pray, love. I'm constantly on a... I'm very much like a divorced mom who who like has a, has something in her. You know what I mean? And like, and I have to go figure out what that is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, we were talking before I, I hit record that you know this is a like little small town, little neighborhood, and you said you you grew up in a town of five thousand. Yeah. So this I think is Massachusetts. Massachusetts, the Berkshires. If you've heard of it, is that isn't that the fancy place? It, it, I mean, it's technically the fancy place, but it's so working class at the same time. Mm. It's so it's like I, I always think it's like it is, but it's like I was a townie. You yeah. Know? So, <laughs> which I love. I love the idea of being a townie and, you know, working on the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. There was no wrong side of the tracks, but it was all pretty nice. <laughs> Did comedy play a role in your life? I, I well, I know you're going to bring her up at some point, so I won't, I won't meet you. Who? Oh, you know who. Oh, okay. KG. Oh, Kathy Griffin? Yes. Oh, that's so you... funny. I literally was about to say, well, no, but Kathy Griffin. Yeah. I didn't know that stand-up comedy was even something to that was uh, happening. Yeah. I knew who Kathy Griffin was. I thought Kathy Griffin was the only person who had ever done this. Because <laughs> Bra- all I watched was Bravo, so it was like, her. she has the most special thought of anyone in the world. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, I, yeah, well, Kathy Griffin does it, but that's obviously Kathy Griffin. And if you did that, it'd be like copying. Yeah. And then when I was like 18, I found out who Sarah Silverman was. And then it was like, <laughs> and I spent the next three years after high school doing only watching comedy every yeah. single day. So you said you watched Bravo a lot, but there are male voices on Bravo, weren't there? Or was it really all Kathy? Because I know I used to watch her show, not, oh, not the, the special. Uh, yes. Yeah, incredible show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so I would, yeah, I would watch the specials. I'd watch that, and I basically just go to school and use her insults on my friends and pretend like they were mine. Uh-huh. So it's like, and because no one else was watching them, yeah. so I was like, I'm killing that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no comedy played no part. I mean, I, no. yeah, even like I liked comedy movies, but I wasn't like. I had no idea what stand-up was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So what did you do? Did you do any performance then? In high school? Yeah. I mean, I was smoking weed and telling people I wasn't gay. <laughs> Is that performing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Perfectly. Yes. <laughs> no, and, and if they were reviewing that performance, it would be lackluster as no one believed it. <laughs> Uh, why do you think they didn't believe it? I, well, I, I don't know, because I was walking down the hallway with 12 girls, six on each arm, as they're all like, he's not gay, you know? So it, was like, it wasn't like I was hiding. I wasn't like playing football, uh-huh. struggling, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like kind of bitchy and starting fights between girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, if you'll humor me, so, uh, and I, I will apologize if I use all the wrong terminology and whatever, did you feel a pressure... Did you know, first of all, in your heart of hearts, did you, like, know that you were gay? Oh. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've literally been living in Texas for two years that when you said that, I was like, she's about to say faggot. (laughs) Like, like that's what every straight male... Oh, no. I mean, terrified. You hear it every single night here, Um, which just, like, doesn't bother me. But I, um... Yeah. 
I was like, uh-oh. But, <laughs> and, and was there like either a family or the, the small town that was the source of the pressure for you not being out? I think that people forget that small town Massachusetts 2008, I mean... The worst thing you could be is gay. You know what mm. I mean? Like, like uh, to yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure everyone would have been, like, fine, fine with it. You know what I yeah. mean? But it was just, like, yeah, I mean, it was really on my, more on myself, I think. Being yeah. Being, like, you know, I don't want to be gay. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So, did you have, a, like, a coming out party? Or I got what, a coming what do, out party. What do people do I love days? this. We're <laughs> such a Gen Z about it. I'm 29. <laughs> I'm, like, coming out party. I, I mean, I got blackout drunk on Thanksgiving and told my mom I had to talk to her. Okay. You know what I mean? But, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I just, like, one by one told people and everyone was, like, yeah, okay. Nice. Yeah. It, nice. Yeah, not <laughs> No, I wasn't, like, kicked out of the house. Yeah. Because with my generation and people of my age growing up, that very much is a thing. Yeah. Like I, I get, I, I am very pleased when I hear stories of, yeah, I really was only keeping it, you know, quite for myself. Everybody else knew, and when I told them, they were like, yeah, we know. Yeah, like every adult I ever met was like, was like, you know, Dylan, I could really see you being like a hairstylist, <laughs> or like I could really see you as like a nurse. You know what I mean? It's like it was like all these jobs <laughs> that they had deemed as gay that yeah. they were like, this is appropriate to say. Oh you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's so funny you ask that because I, I, I don't know, now being out for, for, I mean, 11 years, yeah. I'm like, I don't even think about that. I'm like, yeah, I guess it was hard to be gay. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> I'm like, I haven't thought about it in so long in the context of not being out. Yeah. 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 There's such a personality that you have on stage. It's like, that's just very on display. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I sometimes I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, do I gay it up more on stage? But I mean, I'm definitely doing something more on stage, you know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you, what did you do after high school? Basically got like really fat and worked at a gas station. I just okay. kind of like packed on the pounds and partied with my friends every single yeah. weekend. Um, failed out of community college twice. Because uh, I Congratulations. just... Congratulations. Thank you so much. I, the second time I had only... Um, kept going because I'd found a good group of people to have lunch with. Oh. So I, I would just like kind of go for the lunch. Yeah. And then I remember I told them, I was like, I think this summer I'm going to try stand-up comedy. And they were all like, yeah, do that. <laughs> and then that summer I did stand-up and I was like, yeah, I'm never going back to school. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think you wanted to, to do, learn in community college? Um, I think when I did graduate high school, I was like, I'm going to be a nurse. Um, but then it's like, no, I, that's so, you know, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to be a writer. And then I started mm -hmm. like reading, like I was reading like for like two and a half years, like a book a week. Like I read so much and I was like, oh, I really, I really have like ideas and like these characters are <laughs> coming. But I'm also like a procrastinator, so I never wrote a fucking word. So, but I, in my mind, I'm like, the stories are like breaking into yeah. me. Like, yeah. But then no. <laughs> and then stand up came and it was like, oh, you write this and go right on stage and you're good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what I need. Yeah. The ADHD pipeline. Yeah. Well, uh, the optimist in me wants to believe that you reading all of that stuff, whatever it was that you were reading, like it kind of informed. No, they were really like, I one time read all 18 Pretty Little Liars books. You know what I mean? Like it's on, <laughs> okay. So you no, were reading did, 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 no. 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 I would bring Anna Karenina to my, um, to my, <laughs> to like out to, re to pretend to read outside like my teachers and my community colleges like office hours to be like, I'm a thinker. <laughs> I'm not even fucking reading it. <laughs> so you've been acting your entire life. Yeah. Dylan, yeah. Is what you're telling yes. Me. Yes. I'm an actor. I'm, I'm actually an actor. So. All right, so you're living the life. I mean... So I'm smoking cigarettes. I'm working at the gas station. I'm yeah, chilling. I'm loving that gas station job. You're a health nightmare. A health nightmare. Oh, yeah. A health <laughs> absolute... A, a walking demon yeah. around my small town. Just getting blackout drunk, hanging out, and then, yeah. And a town of 5,000, what's... I mean... You said you decided to do stand-up, but where do you go in a small town? So I do have a little bit of a... So this is... Now that I'm doing stand-up for so long, I'm like, oh, it's so cool that it started this way. But I drove to Northampton, Massachusetts with a okay. friend to go do a... I saw they had an open mic. 
And I was like, I'll go do that. And I, and I went and I think me and my friend both, both so nervous. We both got drunk and went up <laughs> and I like it killed, you know, I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd be like, <laughs> not good. You know what I mean? But in the moment it felt like I was killing. I remember just being like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And then the next week went back to it. A guy came up to me and he was like, Hey, that was great. Come to my open mic next week. And I was like, Oh great. And then I went and like, it was like immediately a different situation of like at a bar, all of the TVs are on. Mm. I'm, I'm bombing with the Uh. same material. Um, and then some people from my hometown heard that I was doing stand up, like doing stand up after two open mics. Yeah. (laughs) And they were like, we want to book you at the restaurant for an hour gig every week. Like, for the month. And I was like, yeah, like, not a problem. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've been acting your entire life. Yeah. So, well, no, I yeah, also am, no. like, delusional. Like, <laughs> when you're a new comic, you're delusional. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, not. And I, it's not like I started in, like, a scene with, like, rules or any of this yeah. stuff. So I was like, yeah, like, let's do the dates. And <laughs> and I would love to. And I literally would just, like, I remember feeling like I was a writing machine. I would, like just write down 60 bullet points, just bring up my notebook on stage. It would be like packed out and I would just like go through all of my notes and I would do it for an hour. Yeah, it was nuts. And then I just started doing, I, that I, there was like no open mics for like, I want to say like four or five months. And I was just doing these like bar shows in the Berkshires and like my friend's mom was in a band. So I would like bring her amp and I had like bought my own microphone and like just plug it in and like be at this bar and do well. And like, he, I mean, every, I knew like everybody who was coming uh-huh, to these shows, yeah. and like it's like almost like community stand up. It's kind of embarrassing <laughs> to think about now, um, but also cool because no one else did it this way to the point where there was a guy who produced like a pretty well known podcast in New York, and he lived in the Berkshires, and he would so he started an open mic, and there was I think five or six of us as comedians. And he would give us everyone seven minutes. But for the first one, like, I didn't know how this worked. I just knew I was going for an open mic. That, like, afterwards, he was like, I was like, I can't wait for, like, the next one. I think I messaged him. And he was like, you're not allowed at the next one. And I was like, (laughs) what? Like, I thought I had done so well. And he was like, you did great. He was like, but it's a seven-minute mic, and you did 20 minutes. Oh, my God. And I was like, yikes. oh, he was like, I was lighting you from the back. I was like, I thought, I no one had ever given me the light before. I was like, I thought you were taking pictures. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he was like, okay, you can come back, and then did that, and yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. you really didn't know the rules at all, to the, mm-hmm. even to that extent. No, but, and then yeah. we just all kind of me and those five people basically all in our different towns in the county like all had our own open mics and like once a week we'd be sometimes only twice a month we'd be able to do Uh stand-up but it would always be that and he would then bring in like new york comics and he'd be like come do a guest spot for them but you know and he'd be like come open for them come do this so i get to meet a lot of like pretty really established comedians and work with them but um ultimately it like wasn't enough but yeah yeah did did that what I saw on stage at the FPIA finals is this very rapid fire. Like you are, uh, and uh, I read a, a, a press piece by, I know I'm going to get this wrong. It was by the, the <laughs> Willamette Week that talked about like you don't really let the audience recover because you're on to like the next laugh, you know, getting them to laugh nonstop. And they had a really charming way of putting it. Did that start from, from the get go? Yeah, I'll like from stand up. I mm-hmm. even in high school, middle school, I'll say it's like I would say crazy shit because I thought it was funny. Uh-huh. It's like I would just say the first thing that would come out of my mouth and it would make everybody laugh. And everyone since a young age would be like, Why is it bad when I say it, but when Dylan says it, it's okay? <laughs> like, I have friends now who, like, uh-huh. well, we would be in Portland and I would be talking and they'd be like glaring at him and he'd be like, He's saying it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying anything and you're mad at me. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, and so I, yeah, I think that has always been it. And then yeah. the rapid fire is like, just don't let them. Th- I mean, I say some kind of edgy stuff on stage. So kind it's like, of. yeah. And it's like, don't, don't, <laughs> it's just, don't let them. You know, it's so gross uh-huh. to be like, I'm edgy. Yeah. That's not, I'm not doing that on this podcast. You know what I mean? But like, you know, I don't really yeah. like to give people yeah. a second to think about what yeah. I just said. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. move to, let's move on to topics. Who's bored? <laughs> My gosh. Uh, okay, so that has just been your style from from the get go. It's yeah. just part of your personality. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so you're getting some notoriety in the Berkshires. Oh, yes. So what, what, what precipitated the move? To the Portland? Yeah. I, I heard there was gay people there. <laughs> um, you didn't just... hear that there were any in New York, which is closer? No, and actually I got to Portland and it was all lesbians, but, um, <laughs> which is yeah, pretty hard to deal Oops. with when you're gay. But oopsie. <laughs> I guess I'm just showering with plants now, but uh, which is what ended up happening in a lovely. And if anyone has the chance to live with lesbians, it's one of the greatest experiences of, of your life. But um, no, I actually, it's funny, I said, Eat, Pray, Love. I love Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote uh-huh. Eat, Pray, Love, and very like, it's so funny how like aggressive I am on stage versus like spiritually at home when I'm locked in my apartment. I'm like, yeah, so God's all within us and creativity, like our ideas, and it's so stupid, you know? But I, uh, all these things came to fruition and I had like lost, like I want to say like 75 pounds because I used to be over 400 and I ended up going to this workshop with Elizabeth Gilbert and her, wow. yeah, and it was at the time where her partner was dying of oh. cancer and it was this like weekend workshop with like me, <laughs> I mean my mom paid for it for like a Christmas gift and we like, we didn't grow up with money, so it's like me and then like hundreds of just like upper middle class white women like holding each other crying with these like breakthroughs <laughs> I'm not even joking so it was like actually one of the best things that's ever happened to me and I remember I left that seminar of the three days and I was like it was like on my birthday but in the town next to me I was like it was just crazy and I was like I'm leaving this small town my whole life I was like I'm leaving yeah, I, cool. I always wanted to move to New York and I, and, and I never did and and I was like 23 and I was like, what the fuck happened to me? Like I'm stuck in my small town at 23, mm. like stand up's not going to go anywhere here. Um, and yeah, I was like, I guess I just like picked Portland and a friend was like, I'm going to move with you. And I was like, I'm leaving with or without you. And like a month before she was like, I'm not coming. And I was like, that's fine. I already got an apartment for myself. Um, and yeah, met, I had never been out there and. Yeah, I drove across the country. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm just so, so fascinated by the the choice of Portland. Okay, so was it really because you thought it was... I literally typed in, like, gay cities in America. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was literally between, like... I think I was deciding between, like, New York, Denver, Portland, or Austin. Yeah. And I was like... Oregon. I don't. I, yeah. Now that you're asking me, I'm like, <laughs> how did I end up in Oregon? I don't know. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. And then I just went there. Had ne- didn't know a single person. Um, yeah, of course not. You didn't do any research. You didn't yeah, do no. actual research. No, and then I and no, not at all actually. And thank you for bringing that up on the podcast. <laughs> hey, you know I can ball bust too. I love no, it. No, I'm terrible at it. So no, it, please it, be it, gentle. No. <laughs> <laughs> the bag at the end. Please. Yeah. I've seen what you do. Please. I yeah. can't actually handle what you and Colton do on the yes. podcast. Um, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I, I actually don't know. You know what? Also, my friend was moving to Denver and we were like, let's do a cross country road trip together. And we like got away to Denver and she was like, I want to keep going. This is so much fun. And we like dropped her shit off and went to Portland and she flew back. And yeah, then I spent four exactly to the day, four years in Portland. Huh. Everything in my life is very like symbolic yeah which is humiliating but four is one extra number than eat pray love which is three so everything should be surrounded and based on three it should but i always say portland are like my college years even though i was 23 to 27 i was like yeah 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 so you are obviously and maybe i can't say obviously but to me you're very outgoing sociable so was it easy for you to drop into this brand new city across the country yeah i think anytime that you move to a new city and you have comedy experience it helps you so i've never been doing comedy for like two and a half years when i moved to portland um and yeah i think it's hard moving even moving to austin i didn't know anyone here either and it's hard at first you know like it's very lonely to move but it's like it's all about the the thought of the future. It's like going to the, I go to the gym six days a week. Not for, I mean, now I do it for my mental health today, but like I'm really doing it for Dylan in six months who wants to look a certain way yeah. or, or feel a certain way or do something. So it's like, yeah, it's lonely at first, but it's, you know, you just push, I can push through, you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm a Taurus, I'm a bull. Okay. Okay. I can, <laughs> I can do hard work benignly every single day and then like reap rewards later. It's like, that's, that's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. And how long do you think it took you to get your, like, comedy footing where people were starting to recognize you and starting to, more importantly, starting to book you? Portland? Yeah. Uh, four months. 
three, three or four months. Yeah. And then I was like, I made a goal. I was like, I want to be on this certain show. It's called Doe at Mississippi Pizza. (laughs) Um, And the best comics were there and and always there. And uh, I think I got there in November and in January they asked me to do it. Wow. And I was like, boom. Like that's, yeah. And then people slowly started booking me and then, yeah, then I was getting booked a lot. Yeah. And then you at some point got, started getting the attention of the Helium Club. Mm, up there. I wouldn't say or, that. Okay. Uh, I, I I never worked at Helium. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's funny. One of the judges at the thing was the old manager ah. of who, uh, and I said, you know, who never passed me. Uh-huh. And I, I even made a comment when I saw him the other night because I'm a comedian and can't let anything go. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said never worked at the club, huh? <laughs> and he goes, you weren't ready. And I was like, all right, hell yeah, thanks yeah. for saying that. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I did the competition every year. I made it to the finals, I think twice. Uh, didn't place, um, but yeah, won that Willamette week, uh, Weekly thing, and that yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was I right that that's like a Austin Chronicle type of yeah. thing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whoever wrote the article on you, like, I'm like, oh, I like her writing. Oh, uh, she's she was really cool. We like, I remember we went I, like met at a bar and like hung out, and I yeah. was like, oh my god, what is this? The fucking Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, highlights of being in Portland for you. You know, I had been comedy highlights or life highlights. You know, you know, I'll say a positive one that's not comedy related. You know, fell in love with someone, although it was, uh, ultimately destroyed me as a human being. Mm. Uh, that was a highlight. And then um, comedy, that's humiliating. Let's take that out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. I, I, honestly, I, no, that's, that's, if anyone heard that, it, that didn't happen. But yeah, I, uh, yeah. well, I'll, I'll delete it out. <laughs> you can leave it in. I don't no, care. I, I'm notorious. I don't do any editing. Oh, so, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, good, good, good. So, yeah, I uh, actually was alone for four years in Portland, but I, uh, uh, no, I was listening to a podcast that I had started. Have you heard of the podcast Lost Culturistas? I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah. So I started listening to them when they only had like three episodes. They are huh. now like a f- huge, huge podcast. Yeah. And I remember like my second year in Portland, I, I got to do their live show. And <gasps> that was very cool. Wow. I was like, I can't believe I'm in the same room as them. I think I acted like a freak. And then, um, <laughs> and then also they like didn't do that well on it. So hmm. yeah. But also that was, it was a highlight. Yeah. 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 Thank God they didn't put the episode out and that's incredible. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. It's like a, yeah oh, they didn't put any of them show. out. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm not going to ask for the low points, but at what point did you start thinking I got to Gotta find something else, yeah. Oh, I mean, I was notorious for being a Portland hater the whole time I lived here. <laughs> yes, as I, 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 it is one of the most beautiful places in the world. I, I look at Portland like I look at Christians. It's mm. like, y- you guys get God. You know what I mean? Like, with your negative attitudes and being boring. <laughs> it's like, Portland is the most beautiful place in the world, and the most annoying people in the mm. world live there. Um, but also, I love so many people there, but yeah, I know it's also annoying. Um, so I was always like, I hate this place. And then I uh, became um, an alcoholic, and then was like, I gotta leave. And also, everything comes around for me spiritually, where they're like, I was gonna do my house, live my house for another year, and the landlords like randomly six weeks prior were like, "We are selling the house, and you guys are gonna have to move out at the end of the year. You can't do another lease." And I was like, "I'm moving. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm leaving." Yeah. Yeah. And did you do your thorough research again and search for no. gay cities? No. At this point, I was like, I had, I had like seven, maybe like eight thousand dollars to my name, and had just bought my car. Um, and which from like a friend who gave me like an insane deal on it. Mm. And I was like, had gained a bunch of weight back. Not that that matters, but I had like started, I was drinking like every single day. And I was like, I was like, I'm either going to move to New York or Austin. Mm. And I went back home for a month and basically drank in my mom's basement every day. And then I was like, all right. I gotta move to Austin. I I like being in Portland and the and the the clouds every single day for nine months. Like yeah. really threw me into a depression every year, and I was like, I need to go to Austin. I had visited once with my friends, and everyone was like, 
tan and happy and hot and it was like it was like barbie land do you know what i mean like yeah. everyone's in a good mood we like met all these cool people i was like oh my god i was like i'm gonna go move to texas and get blasted by the sun moved here in november and then you know it rains here too apparently i threw yeah. all of my uh, winter clothes and then had to buy all new ones um yeah and then just came to austin so that was two years ago so 21 yeah so what did you do during the pandemic i sat in portland and i drank in my house Okay. Yeah. Because were they pretty serious about everything locking down? The three months where it was like full, I mean, like, I would walk around. It was like zombie apocalypse. Huh. Like, it was like, um, it was crazy. <laughs> like, it was like, it was like nuts. So, like, if you left your house and walked, people were like, you're, you're a murderer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was like really intense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, yeah, it was very, I would just walk around and be like, literally not a single person would be out. It was nuts. Yeah. So why why did you West Coast LA why didn't you think about moving to LA I watched so many comedians in Portland be like I'm going to move to LA and then they come back every mm. 3 weeks to do all the shows cuz they don't get on any shows oh, down there sure. and also then they all want to move down there and they want to become a writer or do things like that which is like great I would love to figure that out one day and Austin was like, people were, it was like people were talking about like, you know, the new club and like, and, and this is going to be something about, and, yeah. and I was, but I was really like, I was in a moment where I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like keep doing comedy. It was <gasps> the only time in my comedy career that I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I hadn't written a joke in mm. like a year and a half like I had nothing new when I first got to Austin I I don't think I even wrote a joke here for the first six months like I was just like I drank for one month and then I was getting sober and going out like very little but like um yeah I couldn't write anything new my brain was like broken from drugs and alcohol well yeah I was gonna say you were depressed you're drinking oh yeah 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 you you definitely have to reset for a while before you can actually let creativity and it's also important like during the pandemic like uh managing a massage envy which have you ever heard of a darker <laughs> just like scamming people out for memberships like it's 60 dollars a month and you actually get a free hour and it, and after that every massage is only 40 dollars you know it's like <laughs> like a, such a dark company to work for <laughs> oh my god i'm yeah. glad i've never given them my money then. oh yeah there's great therapists but yeah i mean i don't know i also think massage therapists are some of the most annoying people you can ever meet in your entire life okay noted yeah noted. <laughs> okay um let's Let's do the card game. Love it. And then we're going to talk about your time in Austin. Okay, great. Okay, so Dylan, pick one of these two cards in front of you. Okay. That one, don't. Okay, don't. Look okay, at that. so that's the one I'm going to read to you. Okay. So this is from the card game. Where should we begin? It's open ended questions, and we're just. Is this like the game where if you play long enough, you fall in love? I don't know if okay. it is. Maybe I don't know the the. I, I found out from Mimi Meyer that this woman is like an actual, the woman who, who created this game. Oh, She's Esther like Perel. Actual, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. you know her. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it because I said Mimi and Mimi won't stop talking about uh, Esther? No, I, I know Esther Perel from Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> of course. But I listen, I it's love it. Yeah. And by the way, anyone who would listen to my comedy would be like, he read Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're a psycho, Dylan. But, uh, yeah. but I'm obsessed with Mimi Meyer. I love her. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so these are just open-ended questions okay. just to, you know, see where, where we're at. So Am go I ahead. starting? Yeah, you're starting. Okay. The, oh, wow, they really get deep, huh? Yeah, they this do. This is the last time I felt like an imposter. Like an imposter. Oh, goodness. Um, well, so I've been writing for the Austin Chronicle for almost two years now because wow, they said no it was so nice it was actually really really nice um so for anybody that cares about the history of how that happened they the arts and culture editor called me and said we we don't know the comedy scene the way that you know the comedy scene will you write a few pieces for us and now it's been going on two years and oh wow yeah i got my first cover oh, earlier this year and it's like i I felt like a pseudo journalist this week in particular because I had to turn in a piece that's getting published at the end of the month, 
But I also needed to, to write the piece about the FPIA results. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is hard. I don't think I'm a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have like my day job, full-time job, whatever. So I don't have a ton of free time. And I'm like, oh, even though this is almost like hobby level, it's still super intense. And it's oh, like, yeah. oh, me, a writer? Come on. No. So anytime I have to submit an article, I think, oh, I'm an imposter journalist writer type yeah that's well you hey you're doing it i'm doing it and they haven't stopped asking yeah that's so funny how people you're like oh i've been doing it for two years but i'm an imposter um yeah yeah i actually i mean i was talking to my brother about this last time i was home and i he's the only person i know who has the same thing that i have which is like my, I believe I'm the greatest artist of my generation (laughs) i just hate my torso So you're the greatest comic in our okay, generation. Okay, well, now it sounds like an asshole thing to say because I won the competition. But <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I guess I was right. Uh, no, but you know, I've yeah, I definitely think very highly of myself uh-huh. as a person. I just don't like my body. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, not much you can do, I guess. For your body, there's well, a I ton mean, you could do. With, sure, with money. And once I have that money, yeah, well, that three thousand. That three thousand dollars. Give me six months. I'm gonna look like Joan Rivers. <laughs> Uh, after how many surgeries, though? I think a, of hers. Of like her. at what stage of her? Oh, of her surgery. I mean, like the last year of her life. Oh God, <laughs> no, Dylan, don't do it. I'm just kidding. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, all right. Ooh, this is a good one. The last time I felt free. I live my life free. The only time I feel trapped is when I'm serving waiting tables. Mm. But then, yeah, I, I don't feel like I feel very free mm. in my everyday life. I don't, uh, yeah, I live alone, make uh, make good money at my job, do comedy every single night. I can do whatever I want at any single time. Yeah. Nice. I guess all the time. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my the most important thing to me in my life is being free. Yeah. Because you... you do give off to me i mean you you probably don't have these you know pseudo deep conversations all the time but you do seem like you have felt trapped at various you know oh. trapped in portland trapped in your small town you're so and observant so- i didn't even put that together <laughs> i go me i feel free all the time what are you talking about no <laughs> No, yeah, I guess you're right. I uh, Well, I also am someone who, like, very much will just be miserable for years and not realize it, you know what I mean? And then be like, oh, like, that's how I feel like people are like, how can you deal with the heat? Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm actually miserable all the time. I, I didn't even realize how hot it was, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, you're right. I am someone who gets trapped a lot. Yeah. I think I'm just building mountains to kind of, you know, hike up them, mm. you know? So it's like, I like, maybe I like it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I like feeling trapped just so I can break out of the cage. Yeah. Well, hopefully Austin gets to keep you longer than another two years. Oh, maybe yeah, I think forward. so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think it'd be dumb to leave yeah. now. So let's name names. Who were your first friends when you got to Austin? Oh, my God. My first friend is Colton. Was he? Colton was my first friend. I met him. Me and Colton, yeah, he, I had met Colton two weeks it was the first show i ever got booked on uh-huh. he was also on it and it was at a brewery and it was his first show back after rehab and mm. i was also like three weeks sober we both oh, were like gosh. a month sober and like walked in and both like kind of stared at each other like <laughs> the gaydar I, yeah like you're like, like i know <laughs> gay recognized gay yeah and then i went up <laughs> and i had like a great set i did all old material and he was like you're great come down to the creek or whatever he actually lied to me he was like um I was like, I heard someone say, talking about like a venue, and I was like, oh, like you own, he's like, I own a bar. And I was like, yeah, but then he saw me go on stage, I was like, you should come down to the creek. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Colton was a first friend, and then uh, this comedian, oh, and then actually my first night here, I met a guy whose name is Quaid, and Quaid, um, he is from also Massachusetts and used to vacation in my hometown. Oh my gosh. And I met him and he has been like one of my best friends. We are now live in the same apartment building and so we go on walks three days a week. Oh no. Nice. On my days off from That's work. So sweet. Yeah, every morning. <laughs> we used to get breakfast and we were like, we're both gaining weight and losing money. So let's go for walks. Uh, which is free and better. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm really making this a lot about weight, sorry. <laughs> Well, I mean, if it's important to you, then, yeah. you know, it's going to come up. Yeah. But yeah, Quaid, 
And then I had a friend from Portland who was living here who was uh, producing my Colton's podcast for a while, who's great, Trevor. Um, yeah. And then my friend Greg, who I met at a show. And then, uh, yeah, we've been really good friends. Boys. All boys. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to diversify, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good yeah. that you found friends like so quickly. Yeah. And how long did it take for you to consistently start getting booked? Um, I took 2022 very slow yeah. because I was stopping drinking. Like for the first three months, I like moved in with a guy who was like, I need someone to like help do work on this house I just built. So I was like help refinishing a house with him. So I would like do manual labor before I had a job yeah. um, for like $20 an hour and like go and like I dug up a backyard and stuff <laughs> like that and was like, I don't know if I'm going to do comedy full time again and we'll see. And then I was definitely starting to get booked more by the end of the year, but still not a ton. Um, but 2023, like something switched in the like end of 2022, beginning of 2023. And it was like, I'm getting booked consistently. Hmm. Yeah. How, how strong was your existential crisis of, I don't know if I'm going to do comedy ever again. I moved to another city that I didn't know anybody and, uh, and kind of uprooted my life again. So I would say it was pretty Oh, big. so that was... Okay. I yeah. misunderstood the timing. I thought you were already in Austin. You were performing and then you got sober and then you you started doing the, the work. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. On, on the house. I did. Yes, yes, okay. yes. But yeah, um, I was the whole time I was like, I don't know. I mean, I'm moving here, but it was really to get sober. Got I was it. like, I don't know what's going to go on with comedy. And I was like, I kind of had to let go of control of knowing mm-hmm. what was going on with comedy. Yeah. And was like, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, do you think, what do I want to ask? I like deep questions, if you haven't figured that out. I like it. Um, what do you think would have happened to you if you had jumped in both feet first and started doing comedy? I probably would have kept drinking. Yeah. And do uh, you think you... Um, no, I don't want to ask that because that's dumb to I, ask. I'll also say this. Just, I, there was no reality in which... I'm someone who like... It, it doesn't matter what anyone says to me. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. And, like It's like I'm very you know, opinionated about my own life and what I should yeah. and shouldn't be doing. And there was no way I would have... I, I mean, I was going out. You know, it's funny. It's like now I'm doing comedy so much where I'm like, now this is what it really is. I, I was still probably doing like a show a month. You know what I mean? Mm. Or going to a mic or hanging out with friends or whatever. But yeah. it just wasn't as... It was It was a back burner, yeah. you know? Yeah. Did, were you able to break that... that um, you said you hadn't written something new in like a year and a half. Yeah. Were you able to break that open? Yeah. Yeah, last fall. I've, I probably would say probably in the last year I've written like 20 new minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Almost and, virtually everything I did at the competition, other than like a couple of jokes, was mm-hmm. no. And do you think that you're right? How do you feel about your writing then versus, um, well, before you were, when you were drinking versus what you wrote being sober? You know, it's a lot easier to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I would go drunk on stage. I would. That's the other thing. I wasn't just like, oh, I wasn't like an alcoholic who was like after the set. I was, you know, I was very much like a couple Jamesons before the set. We've been day drinking at the beach. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and so yeah, it would be like I think probably less wild, more a lot less fat on the jokes. They're a lot like I think yeah. more punchline, oh, a lot yeah. punchier. It's so funny because your comedy strikes so much as like you're just. Uh, you're Sam Kennison up there. Oh, that's a very nice thing to say. Where it's just like stream of consciousness. And I guess that's the that's the goal, right? Is to make the audience believe, like, I just came up with this thought right off the top of my head. Yeah. Acting. <laughs> there we go. Full circle. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm like, I love my jokes right now. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But well, also, every time I write a new joke, I'm like, oh, great, I'll never write another one again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I heard David Sedaris say one time, who I love, he was like, um, how he quit drinking and drink. He was like, I told myself that I had like a finite number of drinks, like locked in a room. And if I had drank in slower, I could be still drinking, but I insisted on drinking every single day. And I feel that way sometimes in my comedy where I'll be like, oh, the last joke's been read, mm. you know? But then it always comes back, so we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am, uh, I am now 
thinking about what I said to you, and I'm, I want to dissect it because I didn't think about who the who until just that moment when I said Sam Kennison. And I, you know, I'm trying to think back to the set that I, your finals set that I watched, and I'm like, well, you weren't, you weren't really screaming. Like he was very much an insult, the audience. Comic, I, I used and you're to like very, you're, you're berating, but you're not really berating the audience. You're just like not, and you're not even screaming. You're just very loud. Yeah. Yes. And adamant. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it's opinionated. <laughs> it's very opinionated. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, because I, I knew I was writing, I, <laughs> I should have brought this with me. So I, I had a piece of paper and I cut, I folded it in six grids so that I could write notes about each of the comics. <laughs> And I I took so many notes about your jokes because they were so good. And like, I I don't know if it's your opener opener, but it's the the one where you you sound like, but you look like that joke. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So such a hook that joke is like a month and a half old it's and it's, what? it's so much fun to oh say. my god so i just thought of that like randomly with a friend i was at what sitting in the back of a show and i was like and i was like i'm gonna go try i was like what do you think he was like try it and then every night now i'm like i just do every i do every single set with it i'm like i love yeah. it because it's so quick and yeah it gets to you every time yeah yeah no it's so so good and i wrote because i tried to write a one or two word description you're either going to love this or hate this. Uh, you could never offend me. Charisma. Oh, thank you. I like that. What are the kids calling it, Riz? Yes, that's that's the, right. the kids call yes, it Riz? Hey, yes. I love that. Um, okay, so 2023, you decided to go full force yeah. into comedy. Because now your your mental state was more... I don't want to say in control. Someone's going to hear this and be like, Dylan, you were doing shows all last summer. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I, have a, I think I'm, I'm looking back. I'm like, one, I have a bad memory. Two, I have very high standards for myself. So I'm like, I'm sure it'd be fun. Like, shows some, you were like really putting yourself in. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you were writing new stuff. and Yeah. Yeah. Full force 2023. Um, you didn't even enter FPIA last year. No. Yeah. I, I did. And then I... Oh, you did? You I did. Back? And then they messaged us and they were like, there was an issue with like the club. And they're like, so if you don't want to do it, we understand like they had to change the dates. Mm. And something in me was like, this is a sign. You don't want to do this. You don't feel ready to do this. Oh. Take your name out of the bucket. I'd done the competition four times in Portland. You know what I mean? So I was like, I yeah. don't want to do it. Yeah, I told I was like I told myself I took I'm taking it slow. I'm not doing the competition. And my friends were like, "You're crazy." <laughs> I was like, "I don't care. I'm not doing that." <laughs> now, now I'm glad. I'm like, "Oh, who's right?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you can lord that yeah. over them. <laughs> uh, okay, so let let's switch to you and Colton podcasting. Yeah. Well, every, you know, every comic has to ha- comic has to have a podcast. Yeah. So, what was your genesis of an idea for? you guys doing this i think me and colin met we were like we really like each other and then he invited me to rebecca's birthday party at a pool party in the hotel and something happened where like we were chatting and laughing and giggling and i didn't realize this about colton he's someone who like he'll meet you he'll love you he'll invite you and then he'll walk away from you at the party (laughs) like my my new life is like being like where is he like it's like i don't know where he is ever um and (laughs) is uh and we were just in a pool, and we both like looked at this guy, made eye contact, and then he said something, I said something, and he turned away to run in the pool, and I was like following after him, and we were like, this is it. And we were like, we want to work together. We were like very much talking about, like, let's, we have to do something. We were like, let's just, we have to have a podcast. And then me and Colton became friends be- from doing a podcast. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, he tried to launch a couple of podcasts as part of our online shows, like a little pre, and never seemed to stick. So I'm glad that he's actually found somebody where it can stick yeah. for him. Because yeah, we, he does, I mean, we spent almost a year working with him, and he does get these flights of fancy yes. and distracted easily. He gets easily. ideas, yes. Yes, he gets lots of ideas. Yes. But I, we have so much fun on our podcast, and I think also we've built such a good friendship through it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I love working with Colton. It's yeah. it's been fantastic. I mean, like we literally like we're like let's do a podcast. He was like let's open a podcast studio at the creek. I was oh like, my god, that's great. Yeah, I was like, all right, he's building a podcast studio. Is he really? Oh, it's already oh, finished. Yeah, we have oh, a full podcast cool. studio at the creek now, and the the creek now has a network and all these comics are doing. It's really amazing. Yeah, what he, yeah, what he did and huh, yeah, cool. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ah, oh, all right. I have. I have a question that I've been asking uh, my comics who come in. Okay. Think of your favorite joke. Of mine? Yeah. Okay. All right. Tell me why you love it. I don't want to hear the joke. I just want you to tell me why you love it so much. Why do I love this joke? I have a joke that is so aggressively sexual and something that I think most straight people would be like I don't want to hear this shit <laughs> like they, those are the type of it's the type of story that you hear and you're like Jesus Christ the gay kid like they could you, you and you see these straight men laughing 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 so hard at this joke and they're like you you see them have the revolution of like they're just guys you know what I mean <laughs> and I love that yeah so many of my jokes I think do that like so many straight guys come up to me after my shows and I love that I'm always like they like have the realization like he's gay but he's like like me <laughs> and I'm like isn't it crazy that we could be similar yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh my gosh do you think that that's a um a conscious effort on your part or it's just you you have the knack I just like say what I think is the funniest thing. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I also like not, I think I have no influence from, this isn't a good or a bad thing, but I have started doing stand up when I was 21. So I didn't have those like early two, like early 20s. I'm part of a gay scene in a city. Mm -hmm. I moved to a city. I went from a small town with like my friends from high school who, who I hung out with like the girls and their boyfriends. And those guys thought I was funny, but. And then to immediately doing stand-up comedy. So it was like, I don't think I'm, f I don't think a lot of times, I can't believe I'm about to say it. I, I, and I'm not trying to say like, I'm not like other gay guys. That is not what I'm trying. I'm exactly like every other gay guy you'll ever meet in your entire life. But I don't think that a lot of straight men are around gay men enough to be like, oh. Hmm. I don't know. Actually, everything I'm saying could be completely wrong. And I actually have no idea what I'm talking about. I am. I'm like actually one of the dumb. So I'm one of the dumbest people you'll ever meet in your entire life. I was humiliated on my own podcast recently when I was asked when the Revolutionary War was. Uh -huh. Do you want to guess what I said? 1914. Oh my god. And then they said second second choice, and I said 1416. Like I I'm dumb. You know what I mean? So don't ever think I'm someone here trying to be like I'm different. Uh -huh. I, I am. <laughs> well, that that's that uh, your closing speech or your acceptance speech is the you know the Kathy Griffith to Conor McGregor absolutely quote. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love both of them yeah I do think it's so funny to be a winner not like the winning the competition I'm yeah. like so I haven't even let that sink in yet I'm like when people say it to me I'm like let's not talk about it but I'm like it's making me uncomfortable because I've been walking around the last year being like. I'm a winner. I'm the best person in and the world. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like, I guess manifesting is real. You know, he's like, I don't know. But I think Conor McGregor's attitude of like, I'm not going to apologize to fucking yeah. anybody. I'm like, that's what I like. I'm like, yeah, me either. Me either, yeah. Conor. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that's good. I mean, hopefully you don't meet his fate and, you know, have a, a competition oh. and just randomly break your leg. In the oh, middle is that what happened? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's so about. handsome, though. I think he's a bad person, really? but I don't know. I know. Uh, well, I guess, I don't know. No, I've never... He's not your him. type. He's definitely not my type. What's your type? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, I don't... Uh, I was watching UFC for a, a, a stretch there, and there was this young kid that was just like, he'd do the dread. I mean, it's so inappropriate, but he'd do the dreads and then he'd, you know, dye them. And I just like that, you know, I'm a dork, but yeah. I'm going to be like, you know, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I think, my type. As oh. opposed to the, oh, look at me. That walk. That's oh, the thing. Not the me. The Conor McGregor walk. Oh. Uh-uh. No. I like when they look like they got nothing good to say. <laughs> Like a dumb guy. I always say the type of guy I'm attracted to has like his last name tattooed across his shoulder blades. 
I think he's like family first. (laughs) I love that shit. Oh, it's a reference. He like, yeah, he like talks about like respect a lot. You know what I mean? And and disrespect. (laughs) Oh God, that's so hilarious. Okay. Um, What do you want to do now that you're the champion? (laughs) Now that you are the winner. It's official, you know. It is official. You know, it's funny. (laughs) I... I did this competition so much in Portland that I, this is bad to say, I wasn't taking it very seriously oh. until the finals. And even in the green room, I was like, what joke should I do? What joke should I do? Like, I, wow. like yeah, like I, that, like a big part of it, I was like, not sure if I was going to do uh-huh. that one big joke at the end. And, um, yeah, but, uh, because it meant nothing in Portland. Like mm-hmm. you would win it and I th- you'd win whatever the cash, like I think in Portland it was like $1,200 or something. Like it was not great, but, and then nothing happened. And sometimes those people mm. would move to New York or LA and they would move back within six months and, yeah. and you'd kind of get, it'd be like everyone drank with you afterwards and was like, the, yeah, but it didn't happen. And then so afterwards when I'm like shaking the hands of like the JFL people, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I literally had not put it together until the day of like, uh, oh, this is uh, actually an opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And so then I was like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so honestly, I'm just keep going. No matter what happens... I would love to do it all yeah. and uh, blow up and go on tour and do things like that. But, you know, it will happen when it happens. Yeah. And I'm going to do comedy for the rest of my life, so it's a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. Well, the, the good thing that you get is I'm pretty sure they're still going to do this, is you're going to get a Moon Tower invite. Oh, I'd love, yeah, yeah, that's what people keep saying, and, and I don't like to say things until they happen. So right. and, and I go, and I, and I will put it into the universe, would love that yeah. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because Moon Tower is also really great about having like different showcases, and they'll they'll do an LGBTQ showcase, and yeah. it's like okay, well, Dylan's got to be on that one, and then he's gonna open for somebody really cool, and then you know do the local showcase that yeah. they have. So, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, the one thing that I want to compliment you on is um, again, it's all based on that that finals night is, you know, they a lot of times there's an expectation that if you're going to perform in the club, especially Cap City, that you don't have to be clean. Oh. <laughs> but you can't be dirty, raunchy, gross. Yeah. And I, I want to compliment you on, you know, doing a really nice job of being somewhat kind of raunchy. Not gross, but raunchy, but like... It's dirty sexual material. us in and because... Because you're making us laugh, like you, you aren't giving your audience a break at all from the laughter. Thank you. They're like, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because I am pissing my pants from laughing so hard at what he's saying. Yeah. I, I also sometimes think like um, my jokes will be about like that, like the one very dirty joke I said in that. That's a pretty, it's like four minutes. <laughs> and, but to me, it's like, it is such a sexual joke. It's like insane. You know what you I know mean? You know, my seventeen-year-old like, was in the audience, and I'm sure he loved it. And I'm sure he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what's so funny about that story is, like, to me, it's it's more of like I, I guess even when I think about it, I'm like, the only thing that would be embarrassing is like, I'm like, can you guys? But the, the vibe is like, can you believe I did this? You know what I mean? Like, even I'm shocked. You know what I mean? It's like, you're upset. Think of how I deliver. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and it's just so fun and so out there and stupid yeah. and silly that it's like, yeah, what are you gonna get mad at? You know? Yeah. It, we're just having fun up here. Yeah. Yeah, but I do. Yeah, I actually didn't. I hadn't even done an open mic at cat prior to the. Oh. That. Yeah. Wow. So I didn't know any of the rules. <laughs> Might want to do a few. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because the ideal is they ask you, you know, to, to, oh, to host no, I know. a I show. Mean, I, and but prior to the competition, stuff. I couldn't even get on the mic. I was oh. signing up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. Yeah, well, I had no now. relation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, guys, I would love to do the mic. <laughs> this is psycho. Yeah, I think I'm qualified. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it'd be great if I could sign <laughs> Let up. Let me show you my credential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love to, if they're listening. I'd love to do the mic. Yeah, they're not listening. <laughs> yeah. To us. No. I I have three listeners. Oh. So. I mean, oh. Good. No. Good. Good. Well, those three. If you know any of the people who work at Cap City, tell them yeah. I'd love to be on the mic. If you could sign me up every week. Oh, uh, what? Um, 
you already said you'd love to eventually do a tour and you know all the cool things mm-hmm. that, that comics do uh, do um, are you gonna are you gonna move at some point do you think um yeah this is yeah. hell on earth with the heat <laughs> and um, I do believe that Austin and I live like North Campus West University that's whatever um why did I just say where I live? <laughs> and I said it wrong anyways. But um, yeah, like no one in the city reads books. You know what I mean? Like what? I feel like we really? there are so many people in the city who are like, I don't think have any depth to them whatsoever and are walking around. I was saying last night that like Austin to me is like the best example of like this might actually be a simulation because there's a lot of like low-coded people who are uh. here. Um you just meet people, everyone's just like, things are good. I'm like, I don't know if they are, wow. you know? Um, yeah, I would lo- I, the only other place I would live is New York City or get really, or quit comedy and like move to a small town and open up a diner. So those are my two options. Okay. Yeah. Radically and like, different. Re- yeah. Like refinish furniture and like sell yeah. it on eBay. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've never really done it, but I do think I could see myself being yeah. happy alone <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> How nice to like to like, quit comedy. I mean, to not even quit on top. Come on, quit, yeah. yeah. Quit. He won. He won funniest person, and then he just he said, "I'm good." Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny that you you should say that because as the you know historian of of Austin comedy, I could tell you that in I think it was seventeen, this guy. I don't know if you've ever heard his name, Enzo Priesnitz. No. He actually, I think it was his first FPIA, second at best. He won. His trade is a welder, but he like welds like really like art pieces, artful pieces. And you're lucky if you get to see him perform a couple of times a year because he's so, cool. so into. And we actually, I, I, because I had interviewed him the year before he won, uh, I took my son and we went to his like shop. And my son got to, you know, beat the hot metal with a whatever thing you call it. Uh, he would, if he was listening, he'd hate me for forgetting <laughs> all the tools of the trade. And it's like, you know, it's just a moment in time that you're you win on this night after so many pieces lined up right. Yeah. But if you love doing something else, please go do something else. Yeah. <laughs> please, if you. <laughs> love doing something else go do that okay this sucks and we need people to quit there's way there's too many people on the clock there's too many people at the sink okay it's it's clogging up okay and there's a lot of people who don't know they need to quit that need to quit and i think we need to start telling them and i yeah (laughs) i agree yeah. Well, I'm not telling people to quit. <laughs> Actually, but I'm just, you know what just you know. came to my mind is speaking of Bonnie McFarlane in the beginning in her documentary, she she calls other women, female comedians who she doesn't think is funny, and she says, "Hey, I, th- I think you should quit." <laughs> wow. <laughs> As like a bit, it's incredible. Wow. Yeah. And I just wow. yeah, and I'm gonna go do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tell me how that works out. Yeah. Or is that? I guess you'll talk about it on your podcast. No, I probably wouldn't. I don't like to cause any hate. Oh, okay. All right. That's fair. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you want people to know about you? I'm six foot five. Um, <laughs> I don't think I think that's a really important detail. Um, great face, uh, good personality. This is not Doesn't a drink. grinder profile. No, thing. No, I'm, no, I don't want to be on grinder anymore. I'm looking for love. Oh, okay. um, yeah, uh, what, not about me. Yeah, I don't know. Follow me. That'd be cool. That's basically it. Yeah. What do you know about me? What do you need to know about me? Uh-huh. It's a cool shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. I've never listened to the Talking Heads in my life. I bought it at <laughs> Wheat, cool Wheatsville. Shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I buy all my shirts at Wheatsville. They're my, they're my biggest fans. Wait, isn't that a grocer? It is. It's incredible, yeah. But they have like... They have like band t-shirts and stuff oh, like wow. that. And yeah, everyone who works there is really nice. And I'm an owner, so I, I pay oh, the $70. Oh, wow. Yeah, you get cool. it back if you move. I've never been inside. Really? Yeah. I went to school here and I never went inside. Why? I don't know why. Is it because like, like I never saw Avatar until like <laughs> two years ago uh-huh. because I was like, everyone was talking about it. And I was like, if you fools like it, I won't. You know what I mean? Like, and then I watched it like two years ago and I was walking around being like, have y'all seen Avatar? Okay. It's good. You know? <laughs> Uh, that's how you're, you are with Wheatsville. Maybe, it's like, yeah. It's so I good. I, I mean, it, from here, it's not very oh, convenient. I live right next to it, so I go to the gym, oh. and then every single day, I st- if you want to see me, go to Wheatsville Co-op in the afternoon. I am there buying kombuchas, buying drinks, buying like little snacks, uh-huh. 
I mean, I've probably already spent the winnings I wanted the the contest oh, at Wheatsville. It's so expensive. I think that's what I thought is, yeah. you know, I'm living the miser life of a college student. I can't afford to go in oh, there. Oh, no. I mean, I am a server and I can't afford to go in there. And I'm every day I buy like 60 I I'm there. I'm like, I guess it's $60 on the credit card again. How did this happen? You know? Jesus Christ. <sighs> Great well, stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will not be sponsored by them after all this trash talking. Oh, trash talking. I love it. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for your closing question? I would love it. Okay. One word to describe your future. Oh, wow. <laughs> you really love the one words. I do. One word to describe my future. You know what? On track. On track. You like breaking my uh, one word. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm a rule breaker. On track. <laughs> you know, listen, it's all going to happen. <laughs> it yeah. is. You don't know where you're going to end up necessarily, but yeah, you'll I end ble- up somewhere. For sure. I could also see myself getting, like, really rich, quitting comedy, and, like, remaking, like, in my own voice, Phoebe Bridger's word-for-word albums. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, genuine. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I could see that. Maybe yeah. I'll start doing poetry. Yeah, you you are uh, very... You, you do... Okay, now you're... Is Colton rubbing off on you, or are you two just that in common? The flights of fancy... Oh yeah, no, we, yeah, we're very, we're, we're, we have very different interests, uh-huh. you know, but like, yeah, we're both constantly like, oh my god, anything could happen. I go, yeah, I'm like, I'm like delusional though, so it's like, who knows? Oh, yeah, in the best way possible. Yeah, you know. Okay. Like I was gonna get a Maggie Rogers tattoo. Do you know who that is? I have no idea. She's a pop star. Okay. And then I didn't get it because I was like, I don't want to be at a dinner party with her and have to be like. There's a tattoo. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like that's the kind of delusion I'm in. Like I, I believe so much in myself <laughs> that I stop myself from getting a tattoo. Be having a dinner. With well, well, I will be. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. that's you have to believe it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, on that note, that's a wrap on comedy. That's it? Wait, okay, no, wait, okay. no, wait, don't oh, wait. Okay. Stop. Yell at me. I have. You know, I do everything long winded. So. Oh. Very good. <laughs> That's a wrap on Comedy Wham presents 2023 FPIA winner Dylan Carlino. Dylan, tell us where we can find you on social media and promote your projects. Oh, thank you so much. I am at Dylan P. Carlino on, I think, everything. Um, and then, yeah, listen to Some of This is Bad. It's on uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, full video, Apple Menus, podcasts, everything. Yeah. Follow and like. Okay. If you don't like it, don't follow. <laughs> Fair enough. We hope you've enjoyed learning about how Dylan got to be the comedic genius that you heard today just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham presents Dylan Carlino. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank Thank you, you. Dylan. Thank you, Valerie. Genius is a strong word. Okay, bye. (laughs)